Warning! The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is a part of the Asian Studies, a youth-led organization which aims to support and help Asian students around the world with academics, career, and school life. Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast. My name is Zara and along with Felice, we'll be talking about two different true crime stories. Before we begin, we would like to respect the victims involved in these stories along with their loved ones, happiness and peace. We would also like to warn that some contents in this episode may be triggering for some individuals. So we would advise that you should listen at your own discretion. Okay, so for the first true crime story, I will start first and it will be, I'll be talking about an Indonesian serial killer. Um, his name is Ahmad Suraji and I'll be calling him A or AS um, for this podcast yeah. just to, um, in case I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. So AS is a farmer, but he is also a rukun. So we can call it's an Indonesian phrase for like a shaman yeah so he's like a traditional healer a spirit medium so you would usually go and find him for help basically something like that yeah for spiritual help or medicine and stuff yeah yeah um and like he started learning or like he was interested in this since he was like 12 and I believe um it was said that he started learning it was because of his father's death when he was only seven years old. Wow. Which is traumatizing in the point. But like, yeah, you're we're not going to talk about him. He is not important right now. <laughs> I'm really sorry. But yes. So usually um, he would have clients or customers um, of girls to come to him and ask for help. Like um, asking like how, imagine girls, like if you were going to ask for help, to a dukun or a shaman you would probably ask for like how can I be lucky in my life how can mm-hmm. I be rich or like how can I maintain my beauty some of these girls even asked AS for help on um, rituals so their husbands wouldn't cheat on them <laughs> oh, which wow. honestly is a surprising issue if anyone would ask that yeah yeah <laughs> so like he became like somehow an expert and he was actually known like a quite smart person in the place that he is residing in because he yeah, is a good, sure. you know yeah he was known like oh so smart person like if you have problems go and find him if you want to talk about this go and find him so i believe that he was quite respected yeah and he was like no point he was well known right yeah. yeah so like this case um Let's just say it started with a dream, which is a confusing thing. Like, if you just woke up from this dream, would you actually believe the dream? I would think it's a nightmare. Like, if I ever got, like, a certain dream, you know? Yeah, it's either, like, a nightmare or you're, like, you're going to brush it off and forget about it. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. That's, that's what we usually do, but that's completely different for this person. So he dreamt about his dad, dad, 
dad not dad dad, i mean he's dead like his dad yeah yeah dad so he dreamt about his dad and it was in 19 like 86 i believe 1986 Mm -hmm. and his dad instructed him to drink saliva which is confusing yeah but to drink saliva of 72 dead women 72 yes now that is disturbing yeah this is okay um anyways the reason why he has to do it is so he can become a mystic healer so basically like more powerful shaman yeah a more powerful a more powerful shaman so he would be able to fight enemies as well as helping others Mm -hmm. so his goal is to listen to his father and he thought about it in a way that to do it quickly, instead of finding that woman and draining the saliva, which is already weird enough, yeah. <laughs> he planned to be a killer. Really? Why? Yeah. I don't know. Just to, so, just to fulfill like that shaman yeah. powerful purpose. I yeah. feel like he thinks that way because he felt like it's a sacrifice, you know? Yeah. So I think if I, okay, I'm not going to try to be in his position. I think he thought that um, if he killed 72 people, he could save way more than 72. Yeah. I think that's how like, he thought about like it. Like sacrifice little amount for a huge amount of yeah, yeah. whatever, you know? But like we're talking about lives right now, so I'm pretty sure it's not a good thing. Yeah. I'm quite certain. <laughs> anyway, so how was he discovered? How was he discovered on killing multiple people? Um, so on like, on the April of 24th on 1997, um, there was a girl named Dewi. She was actually 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And she asked a 15-year-old boy to bring her to like, actually, I think she asked him to bring her to AS. That's what I believe. Yeah, so like, and the kid didn't know, right? The kid didn't know that who was she going to be brought to, you know? Yeah. She just was helping with directions, you know? He probably yeah. just lived nearby. And three days later, after meeting with this AS, a man would be digging a sugarcane like field and he would be finding her body. Oh my god. In the field. Her naked body in the field. And the police would then investigate, right? And would ask the 15-year-old boy. And the 15-year-old boy would obviously say that, I brought Dewey to AS. But he wasn't aware, like, what he was bringing her for. Like, he just no, assumed he was it was for the aware. job. For the yeah, shaman stuff. Yeah, he just yeah. assumed, like, yeah, um, she would probably ask for help from him or something. Yeah, Yeah, and, like, um, at first, the police would obviously, like, ask the um, AS, like, do you know this woman? Um, have you seen her? Have you talked to her? We heard that she was here last time. And obviously, he was acting suspicious. So the police would come in and would find belongings of their week. Oh so like her bag, her items. So obviously, he's guilty. Yeah, for sure. Then um, the police will then notice that a lot of the missing women in this area 
were his customers, were his clients. Yeah. So they kind of connected, like yeah, the they connected the dots and um, interrogated him and like asked him, how many, like how many of these n- missing women were actually your victims? Mm-hmm. At first, he admitted to sixteen. Which yes, it is a, it is a huge yeah, that number. is a big amount. That's honestly a really shocking amount. But then he would then continue change and said that it was actually 42, including Dewey. Oh my God. 42, 42. girls. Girls or women. So In the span of how many years? 11 years. Oh so from God. 1986 to 1997. Wow. So it's shocking is that the youngest one, the youngest victim, was 11 jesus a child 11. a child, a child. And the oldest is 30 which is still Three? quite young oh no, 30 okay 30 wait 30 that is that is pretty young yeah yeah it's That's quite terrible. young like she still has a life to continue for a 30 yeah. year old yeah so like um how did he like successfully murder for like 11 years so i'm just gonna give a brief process because it might be quite disturbing so these girls or these women would come to him for help obviously obviously like for help yeah. for like how can i be more prettier how can i be rich or how can i have more luck in my life mm-hmm. and he would then ask the woman to be buried like half buried mm-hmm. so like he would bring the woman to be buried um, up to their waist and obviously if you're buried yeah he said that it would be like a ritual what yeah and i'm pretty sure people trusted him enough to be a dukun that's why he got a lot of visits as a dukun and um people would believe him and if you're quite desperate would you do it like if you're very desperate like um you need like a lot of help currently in your life you would probably do what uh like a shaman or a dukun told you to do, tell you to do right yeah like if they ask you to just go to the mud and just bury yourself just to your waist just for a ritual you would maybe if you're very desperate you would do it yeah and they did it and then he strangled them to death oh my god and then he would then still remember to actually remember to drink their saliva which is in order to obtain like the mystical power that he think he was gonna get yeah, he would then drink their saliva and actually have the time have the time to think that he should remove their clothes so they would decompose quicker. Oh yeah, and that's how Devi's like um, naked body was found. Yeah, that's why Devi um, was so she would disintegrate. Yeah, more. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, I feel so, so sorry like, for the victims. You know, which is horrible for the families also like yeah 42 it's a tremendous number yeah and like he was close oh, to fulfilling that 70 something right that he got yeah, from the dream yeah. yeah yeah it was just horrible and also um his three wives okay he has three wives which was common in the past i believe mm-hmm. he had three wives and i believe all his sisters were said that they were somehow accomplices of hiding the bodies. Oh my goodness. Which is horrible. Like, so they sided with what he believed in. Yeah. 
he probably like um forced them to believe like oh i had to do this yeah it's this is my life i have to do this they probably he probably said that to them and um they confessed um under torture by the police which is i honestly i know a lot of true crime cases and i still believe that the police should never torture anyone that they're trying to interrogate yeah yes they admitted by torture by the police and then the wife one of the wife is um actually at first was sentenced to death and the sentence changed to life in prison wow so i believe only one of them were actually like life in prison and the others i'm not really sure the charges yeah were not like um the, they were differentiated yeah yeah either they were not mentioned or they were not charged at all which is horrible not okay, anyways yeah. he was sentenced to death um and he was executed by the 10th of july on 2008 which is like 11 years later yeah that's like super recent yeah yeah it's quite recent and um it's mentioned that when he was in prison some of the police officers like the prison officers and like some of the prisoners would even ask him for his dukun treatments like his oh my goodness like they would yeah, they would is- ask a whole murderer who like who dedicated his entire life taking lives away from women yeah. and children for the years. purpose of magic and then the prisoners would just ask him for advice like this guy yeah. already had a corrupted mind about like whatever like shaman kind of like things that like rituals that they do and these prisoners are just they're probably they probably got false information like it i imagine like he must have advised mm-hmm. them in a very terrible way yeah. also i need to mention that if um if you know another dukun or another shaman We're not saying that they're bad. We're just saying this AS person is a horrible person. Yeah. And yeah, just be just careful like what kind like of things that you see you're seeking for, you know? Yeah. And always trust your gut, you know? If someone is advising you something like super, you know, like something that you don't trust, then you shouldn't yeah. follow it. Yeah, you shouldn't follow right? it. Yeah. And actually, um there was one moment where I felt confused because all this time we've been hating him. Mm-hmm. even like he's a horrible person he has no like he doesn't even understand his own guilt he probably thinks he has no consequences about this yeah but before he was executed he asked to meet his wife real one last time that's an odd way of yeah it's confusing like yeah you're asking to In meet your wife days. but yeah but you don't feel sympathy to the 42 women that you have murdered Yeah, and how it affected families, like relatives, loved ones. Yeah, so it was just confusing for me. Um to end this in a small good note. Oh, actually it's not a good note, it's a horrible note. Um he <laughs> at first he was rejected because um when he went when he wanted to be buried at his mother's like house, he was at first rejected because yeah. his mother's house was close to where his house was. So it means that surrounding it was close to where the murders actually happened oh god that's did they manage to bury him at that time yeah sadly so oh in the god. end he was buried at his mother's house but he was at first he was rejected yeah so 
that's the case for AS or his name is Ahmad Suraji. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to say that I'm truly sorry for any of the victims' families. Yeah, it's terrible victims, for what like, he did to them. They just wanted to ask for help about their lives, probably. Mm-hmm. And they were desperate to the point that they agreed on being buried. How free? That's a huge thing. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like it's horrible because these women put a lot of trust in him. Yeah. And he kind of abused his power in a way, right? Yeah. Like these women came to him for help, would pay, and also was health buried just because yeah, he asked. For sure. That's that is really interesting and like case that I've that I've you know listened to. And I'm and I'm a true crime geek. Like I love true crime cases and stories, but this one really changed me because especially having this conversation with you, that's a lot coming like 42 victims that must have been terrible for so so many families um so moving on to my uh story that i wanted to talk about it kind of i kind of resonate with this story in a way because Mm -hmm. it involves themes of like you know family honor reputation um like westernized society and how old values play out you know in culture in asian culture especially or South Asian culture, you know, it's very commonly, like a common yeah. thing. So this story is about a Pakistani um, British Muslim girl, um, Shafilia. Mm-hmm. I hope I didn't say her name wrong. And basically, it was last known that she was taken to Pakistan by her family months before. Presumably for an arranged marriage. Which is a common thing for, you know, like, she get married and she's she was 17 at the time, I believe. So So around our age. Yeah. So it is very common thing in like our culture to talk about marriage at an early age. So and also her sister, I think, was taken as well, like her sister, Alicia, and she was 15 at the time. So during their time in Pakistan, like um it was believed that she like rejected the formal marriage um mm-hmm. that was proposed by the cousin and cousin marriages are very common in pakistan india and whatever mm-hmm. um but you know she rejected it um which i and, think is a wonderful thing though like yeah obviously i'm quite happy that she actually got to say that she want doesn't want this like she rejects yeah. this yeah because in in islam it is um like you're you, it always ends up with the woman's consent in wanting to get to accept the marriage right after the yeah. parents so after it, while she was out in like pakistan she apparently drank bleach and it resulted Ooh. in problems with like her eating her swallowing oh drinking and she was rushed to the hospital so that was like apparently the the last like legal document they had before she dis- disappeared um and she ended up in the hospital in warrington uk that where they lived and basically her family just said that she was she drank the substance by accident because they reused the mouthwash bottle and filled it with bleach and she had drunk it okay that is that is confusing <laughs> yeah Wait. let it sink in like why okay if first she- if she would use a mouthwash it would be a in the bathroom why not would you have bleach in your bathroom yeah 
And oh, why like, did why would she drink it? Either way, if it's mouthwash or bleach, right? So there must have been I'm a reason sure behind it. I'm pretty sure bleach has a strong smell. Yeah. So she wouldn't even she would have known, right? Yeah. And also, if you're putting bleach in a mouthwash bottle, and your parents, you would tell your children. There must have been something going on. Yeah. If she acts, if she quote unquote accidentally drank bleach, you know. Yeah, um, allegedly. Yeah. So after that, like, spending like around eight weeks in the hospital, her weight plummeted. Like, and later mm. on, like four months later, she was missing. So that was like the last like thing they know legally in the a document where she was, you know, last known, and. Mm -hmm. Shafilia in like school, she was known to be very bright and like so like you know chill, ambitious, and um, that that's how the college had managed to report her missing in September two thousand three, I believe, uh, when she wasn't like turning up to her classes for like a whole week, and like all her friends and classmates were like concerned and they couldn't even contact her or anything like that, so um back to like the part where she was like after the hospital it was known that she tried to rebuild her life you know after like that kind of difficult time in the poisoning in her body yeah, she uh so she took a job in telesales went to college but and then one day when she like picked her up from her job i think her mother was like super pissed about her choice of like western clothes and guess Wait, what she was what wearing? did she wear she, did she wear? wore a t-shirt and tight trousers oh a t-shirt and tight trousers and her mother was pissed at that like oh like uh, reacting like that are you serious so like it's, and it's, it's i don't i have no idea like a t-shirt like maybe they're really traditional no, no, i don't yeah, know yeah, yeah yeah that's what i was saying because i think the main theme i was talking about was reputation and how parents follow old values so yeah. it's in my culture pakistani culture especially we dress modestly because most of our values come from islam but obviously in the culture part it's more demonized so this is um, no way making islam look bad it's more like culture takes those values and then make it and change it up it and make it negative right so that's why like she was really pissed at the daughter wearing like just regular you know clothes and i think that was the day where she, her and her parents fought which like they they fought and that's when the parents yeah. eventually murdered her um, so after wait. she wasn't uh, back to the missing person's yeah. report after the college like reported her missing right mm -hmm. um like they detective found like songs written by her like that she wrote called i feel trapped and happy families uh, which was read out by like a press conference. Um, which honestly, then, if we're looking at, at like a point of view, it may not be that alarming. Yeah. But if the person is missing. They, they would have linked it somewhere along the lines yeah. of the family being involved, right? So <laughs> it was kind of like a long years of like, apparently of Shafili's desire to follow more of like a modern way of life so that's why like she like became more interested in like clothes makeup and obviously you know a common thing that a teenage girl goes yeah, through like is liking very boys common, like yeah i'm pretty sure everyone has gone through that stage at least yeah. once in her life yeah exactly so she was just kind of adapting to like you know yeah, the uk western fun. culture at the time so 
during like the disappearance of her over the years the parents were like making appearances and i think they were saying something along the lines of oh our our, our daughter was often super rebellious and all that kind of stuff and all that okay. that is and, now that was confu- that is suspicious yeah because why imagine. would they say that about her daughter yeah if they're if they love their daughter and they want their daughter to be found and helped by police officers yeah. They would say like, "Oh, my daughter is not rebellious. My daughter is a wonderful and nice daughter, and she respects um like me, like as a and we want child to find to her. Yeah, and we want to find her. If you say she's rebellious, the police would immediately think like, oh, she probably there's away. something um going on, and that's why like uh it kind of aroused suspicion amongst like audiences that like they might be involved, but it wasn't really enough to like convict them. You know, like yeah. they knew there was something going along with the. <clears throat> the music that she was making and how her she wanted a more modern way of life and all that kind of stuff so obviously the parents like lied a lot in the public the turning point came in 2010 which was seven years later after her disappearance when their next oldest daughter alicia uh, was arrested for organizing an armed robbery at her parents' home. Wait, so Alicia's like 22 now? I think, yeah, because she was 15 at the time. So she kind of like organized, she like she conducted by herself like an armed robbery at her parents' home. And it was for okay. a reason. Like it must be like odd for to like think about right now. But um, basically... Yeah. It, ironically though it was her parents who asked the police to like arrest alicia which is weird but oh. alicia who was like 15 at the time during her sister's like murder um she told officers that she had seen shafilia killed at the hands of their parents and she was struggling oh. under the pressure of keeping it a secret after her and her three other siblings that were warned to keep the secret or they meet the same fate of the eldest. Wait, which is- so for seven years, all the siblings were forced to not talk no. about this. Or, I mean, otherwise, they because uh, they were threatened with the same fate. Like they were threatened with getting murdered as well, like getting killed by their own parents. So they that, had to keep it is- under closed doors. It means that they were abused to the point where they can't even say. Yeah, like they were basically captors at this point. Like, uh, but later on, it was like maybe five months before her body was found. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was by the River Kent in the Lake District where she was like washed up by floods or something in the UK. Mm-hmm. And basically what actually happened was that the pair choked the 17-year-old to death in front of her four other siblings in 2003 so they were very very young witnessing their older sister get murdered by the hands of their parents at their home in warrington after they argued about her choice of western clothes that day mind you it was the t-shirt and tight trousers we were talking about that she wore that day Um, so you know i have to say something about the police officers now to this point like if someone a young girl is missing and even though like she's 17 she's missing isn't are they supposed to like ask the parents like what happened that day if they they, they probably lied about it because it was very common in the public for her to like for the parents to be like 
oh, uh, we don't know what happened to her. We're, we're worried about her disappearance, blah, blah, blah. They were just saying all these like mm-hmm. crappy lies to make them look like they were, you know, they they were oblivious to what was going on to Shafilia. So when the detective managed to find the body and everything, like that's when the detective was like able to convict the parents and they were later found guilty for the murder of their daughter. So this is a super shocking like thing to happen, right? And I have no worries. Yeah, exactly. And it's like her own parents that say did something like that. And I feel like I resonate with her a lot in a way because um in in the in the article in the study, like they didn't really mention like the struggles before the day she was murdered. Meaning I feel like there was just way more to um what she was going through than just the choice of clothing you know what i mean um and especially because like they come from a generally pakistani household i like i definitely know that uh she was most likely struggling with like adapting to modern society and western media and all that kind of stuff and while she was living under a parent's household who believed in old family values, who believed yeah. in very like traditional like culture and way of life. And I like I really feel so much for those kids because they had to undergo more of that trauma seven years later. And it's like I realize like especially how this reputation is such a big problem in our culture where families care so much that like about reputation that we aren't allowed to be ourselves we aren't allowed to face like um solutions to any challenges that you undergo and like yeah. they only focus on like what will people think you know like we're not allowed to fit into like western society or modern society because of the old values that are ingrained with cultural family honor and all that kind of stuff so in a way, like it just yeah. makes me feel so bad for those kids and her and many, many, many other families, uh, or Pakistani or South Asian or Asian families who struggle with that, with their parents only caring about family honor, because we are just kids who are adapting to a westernized westernized society, because the parents immigrated from UK or Canada or whatever they immigrated to find a better life for the kids, so. As kids, we are learning to like adapt to this kind of society and be our, our, mm-hmm. our authentic selves in that way. But you, they still have to undergo those challenges of the parents who still follow what they left, you know, who still follow those you know, other I values. I feel like, um, like the cultural part and the traditional part, I feel like to an extent we should still follow like culture, the cultural things. Yeah. yeah. But not to the extent that you can't even wear a t shirt and yeah yeah you know what i mean like it's more like it's okay to follow certain traditional values and cultures and you know and i think the marriage proposal wasn't like it's not it's very common thing like 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 for example me or other people i know go through like that same idea of getting married early but it was they were basically abusers like they were way too excessive in um, keeping them captive, keep, like abusing them, making them feel like belittled, and God knows what 
they must have went through like I did read a part well most of the article and I it did mention that Alicia apparently was undergoing so much abuse that one parent was holding her down while the other parent was beating her so you can imagine the kind of struggle that th that fa those kids went through and to the point where a child died in the hands of the parents that raised you and birthed you and took care of you I just it makes me it makes me feel so like terrible and it makes me sympathize like with other families who go through this kind of struggle and I know it won't be like every family who will undergo like that extent of abuse but reputation and the idea of family honor and what will people think will really get in the way of um the kids daily challenges you know like our mental yeah, health like, is dismissed or our any true. sort of issues we go through is dismissed because of reputation and oh what if aunt, that auntie will find out you know so yeah this story was just very terrible i can't imagine that's really sad and i'm hoping that the siblings now are actually like not with their parents and hopefully in a safe place. um they're living their own lives now mm -hmm. in a safe place you know not abused anymore just peacefully and happily continuing their lives and yeah. i hope they're able to you know cope with this experience because what well, the experience is just very quite traumatizing you know to see mm -hmm. like their sister someone that took care of them instead of their parents you know in front yeah. of their eyes to be beaten murdered yeah 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 so i'm i'm glad that we got to talk about this because the idea of reputation quite important is a very it is important to talk about because it is very ingrained yeah. in our culture especially i think i did mention it in our early episodes you know yeah that's so true we are so sorry for the victims families loved ones relatives and we yes. appreciate for everyone listening to this episode and we hope you uh, at least enjoy listening to our true crime stories and yeah, maybe reflect it on something you... yeah you got something out of it yeah so um make sure to follow love asians podcast on spotify and apple podcasts once again rest in peace to all the victims and we sympathize with the victims families loved ones etc and we really appreciate um you guys for listening to this episode and we hope you enjoy listening to our true crime stories this publishing episode. our next episode on the 26th of february so be sure to check it out then and until then signing off love love asians, asians.